Welcome to the Sermon Podcast of Trinity Church PCA in Collierville, Tennessee, right outside of Memphis. For more information about our church, you can visit our website, missioncollierville.org. The book of Proverbs has always been one of my favorite books of the Bible. Uh, There are so many simple yet wise sayings that also happen to apply to real life situations. The Bible says, give a man a fish and you feed him for a day. Teach him how to fish and you feed him for a lifetime. The problem is this quote isn't in the Bible. It's from a Chinese philosopher named Lao Tzu. In the Bible, Jesus does say, however, to his first disciples, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we are so grateful and thankful that you have allowed us to gather together today for fellowship, community, and most importantly, to hear your word. May your spirit permeate this room. Amen. So our text this morning, uh, it's in your bulletin. Uh, It's from The Gospel of Mark, chapter 6, verses 30 to 44. Please stand with me for the reading of God's word. Jesus feeds the 5,000. The apostles returned to Jesus and told him all that they had done and taught. And he said to them, come away by yourselves to a desolate place and rest a while. For many were coming and going and they had no leisure even to eat. And they went away in the boat to a desolate place by themselves. Now many saw them going and recognized them, and they ran there on foot from all the towns and got there ahead of them. And when he went ashore, he saw a great crowd, and he had compassion on them, because they were like sheep without a shepherd. And he began to teach them many things. And when it grew late, his disciples came to him and said, This is a desolate place, and the hour is now late. Send them away to go into the surrounding countryside and villages and buy themselves something to eat. But he answered them, You give them something to eat. And they said to him, Shall we go and buy 200 denarii worth of bread and give it to them to eat? And he said to them, How many loaves do you have? Go and see. And when they had found out, they said, Five and two fish. Then he commanded them all to sit down in groups on the green grass. So they sat down in groups by hundreds and by fifties. And taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven and said a blessing and broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples to set before the people. And he divided the two fish among them all, and they all ate and were satisfied. And they took up 12 baskets full of broken pieces and of the fish. And those who ate the loaves were 5,000 men. This is God's word. You may be seated. Jesus feeds the 5,000. So this is the only miracle, apart from the resurrection, 
that is found in all four Gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, they all talk about it. Now, the setting of today's passage is this. Earlier in Mark chapter 6, Jesus had sent out the apostles to go from town to town to tell people that they should repent. Jesus gave them the authority to cast out demons and to heal. And here in today's passage, in verse 30, the apostles returned to Jesus and told him all that they had done and taught. So now you've got everybody, the apostles, or excuse me, the disciples, Jesus, they all deserve a much-needed break. But people are starting to gather and ask questions, so much so that Jesus and the disciples didn't even have time to eat, much less rest. So Jesus tells his disciples, you know, let's, uh, let's get away for a little while, let's rest, let's go somewhere private, away from the, the hustle and bustle. Now, why were the crowds starting to form? Well, we learn from the other Gospels that Jesus had been healing the sick, and people saw it with their own eyes, and word began to spread. We also learn that the news of the death of John the Baptist was getting out, and this added to the drama of the situation. So, Jesus and the disciples got on a boat, and they go to a desolate place to be alone for a while. Now, this wasn't simply designed to hide from the people or to take a vacation. In fact, usually when the Bible talks about Jesus withdrawing from the scene, it's to spend time in prayer with his Father. Whenever he goes away with his disciples, it might be to recharge, but it's also to continue to teach them about the kingdom of God. There's another example of this in Mark chapter 4. So Jesus and the disciples, they got on a boat and they went to a desolate place to be alone. At this moment, the disciples are probably literally praising the Lord for this boat. It is their means of escape. But then verse 33 says, Now many saw them going, on the boat that is, and recognized them. And they ran there on foot from all the towns and got there ahead of them. But that's okay because the disciples were safely on their little boat and there was water between them and this crazy crowd. But then the boat went ashore, right where the crowd was and everything was about to change. Well, why was everything about to change? Verse 34 tells us, when Jesus went ashore, he saw a great crowd and he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. And he began to teach them many things. Jesus has compassion for his sheep. Matthew 9:36 is another example. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Here's something you could do. Walk into any third grade Sunday school class and say, hey guys, what's the shortest verse in the whole Bible? And in unison, all their little hands will bolt up and they will say, Jesus wept. And they would be correct. That's John 11:35. 35. 
35, Jesus wept. In that story, a woman that Jesus knew named Mary ran up to him and said, my brother Lazarus has died. The Bible says, when Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in his spirit and greatly troubled. And he said, where have you laid him? And they said to him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. Compassion. When Jesus arrived at the tomb where Lazarus had been laid, John eleven thirty eight 38 says that Jesus was deeply moved again. And the passage continues. So they took away the stone and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said on this account, but I said this on account of the people standing around, that they may believe that you sent me. And Jesus goes on to raise Lazarus from the dead. Now, back to today's passage. The disciples are in much need of rest and recuperation. Well, Jesus is in much need of rest and recuperation. But he gets off the boat because he has compassion for his sheep. The Gospel of Luke says that he welcomed them and spoke to them of the kingdom of God. Jesus had compassion on the sheep, not because they were hungry, but because they had no shepherd. One of the great things about the Bible is its continuity. Uh, it's, it's one long story beginning in the Old Testament with Genesis and ending in the New Testament with the book of Revelation. It is the story of God redeeming his people. And throughout the Old and New Testament, God uses the analogy of shepherds and sheep to convey those he has appointed to look after the people. The problem is, that time and time again, the shepherds do not do a good job in caring for the sheep. And God takes this very seriously. And this is exactly what happens in the Old Testament book of Ezekiel, when God says, ah, shepherds of Israel who have been feeding yourselves, should not shepherds feed the sheep? You eat the fat, you clothe yourselves with the wool, you slaughter the fat ones, but you do not feed the sheep. And God goes on to say, no longer shall the shepherds feed themselves. I will rescue my sheep from their mouths, that they may not be food for them. Behold, I myself will search for my sheep, and I will seek them out. And then God says this, I will set up over them one shepherd, my servant David, and he shall feed them. He shall feed them and be their shepherd. And I, the Lord, will be their God. And my servant David shall be prince among them. I am the Lord. I have spoken. So here's where you might say, well, I know the story of David. And he was a rotten shepherd too. And you would be right. But through the line of David would come Jesus. And through Jesus 
God's promise would be fulfilled. Jesus had compassion on the sheep, not because they were hungry, but because they had no shepherd. Speaking of being hungry uh, and speaking of shepherds, let's get back to the disciples. You've got Jesus and the disciples. They had come ashore, and Jesus began to teach the crowd many things. And this went on all day because the disciples came to him and said, this is a desolate place, and the hour is now late. Send them away to go into the surrounding countryside and villages and buy themselves something to eat. But Jesus answered them, you give them something to eat. I hadn't had a vacation in quite some time, but a few months ago I was able to escape and go to the beach. Uh, The beach is my happy place. Now, there are two kinds of people who go to the beach. You have the person who needs to fill his time with lots of activities and games and things to do. Then you have the more advanced beach person. This person can walk out on the beach, put down their chair at 10 a.m. and just sit there until 6 p.m. All they need is a cooler full of drinks and Jimmy Buffett on the headphones. This person does not move. This person does not think. This person is me. I am an advanced beach person. So I'm out there on the beach and everything is perfect. The forecast, like it always does, called for rain, but it was sunny. Jimmy Buffett in one ear, the sound of the surf in the other ear. As I'm lazily scanning the horizon and people watching, I notice out of the corner of my eye what appears to be some sort of homeless beach guy heading my way. He was still about 100 yards away, but what he was doing, he was stopping at every group of people, it seemed like, and then he would continue on. I knew what was coming. I knew my fate. I, I knew that he was eventually going to invade my personal space, my happy place. And that's exactly what happened. As he got closer, I could hear what he was saying to the groups uh, as he walked by. He was just asking them for a drink, a bottle of water. I knew that if he asked me for a bottle of water, I would, I'd, I'd give it to him. And I knew that that would result in him plopping down next to me and sitting there for an hour. And that's exactly what happened. I gave him a Gatorade. He said his name was Rob. Rob was about 50 years old, uh, red hair, dreadlocks. He didn't have a shirt on, and his skin is not the tanning type. It it was blistered. It was was sun-damaged. I asked Rob where he was from, and he said Indiana, but that he had been living on the beach for quite some time. He, he said he'd been arrested a few times, and the cops wanted him out of town. Anyway, we kept talking, and at some point, I was able to kind of squeeze in there that I, I work for a church, and, that, and then he said, well, that he's a Christian too, so we kind of had that connection there. I asked him, I said, 
have you been to any churches in this area? And he said, I don't need any handouts. And I said, no, not for handouts, but for fellowship and for community. And then I said something like, we all need friends and help sometimes when we get in a jam, which felt kind of corny, but is it not true? So Rob said, well, I went to this church once down the street, but I didn't like it. But anyway, by now, Rob and I have been talking for over an hour, and I made sure to throw in bits and pieces of what Jesus was all about and how it was cool that we were both Christians. And Now, Rob didn't have a, a very long attention span. He was very fidgety. His eyes were always darting around. He would get up every now and then and go talk to someone else, and then he would come back and sit next to my chair. At one point, Rob was gone for, I would say, about 10 minutes. And during that time, I Googled what I thought would be a good local church, and then I called the number. A man named Rick answered and said he was the pastor. So I briefly tell him about Rob, and I said, look, Rick, this guy will probably never call you. He doesn't have a phone. He's skeptical about churches anyway. But I know that he, he doesn't have any friends. He doesn't know anybody here. And it would be great if he had just one reliable phone number to call if he needs to. And Rick said, here's my cell. So Rob ends up writing Rick's number down on the back of a book of matches. And a little while later, Rob heads on down the beach. So why did I tell this story? Pat myself on the back? No, just the opposite. I didn't want to talk with Rob. I didn't want to encounter Rob. If, if he had changed direction and walked the other way down the beach, my heart would have fluttered with thankfulness. If, if he had come to my church, if he had come to my Bible study, if I had met him at the Union Rescue Mission, I'd have welcomed him with open arms. But not in my happy place. I had earned this mini vacation. I needed to rest, to recoup, to relax. So then why did I talk with Rob? Because Jesus said, you give them something to eat. But what do we often do? We act just like the disciples did in today's passage. When Jesus said, you give them something to eat, what was their response? They said, uh, shall we go and buy 200 denarii worth of bread and give it to them to eat? Well, I don't think that's what Jesus meant. And I don't think Jesus had a year's worth of salary in his pocket. I think he was speaking of a different kind of bread. The terms apostle and disciple are sometimes used interchangeably, but they do in fact have different meanings. Uh, an apostle describes someone who is sent out on a mission or a task. Disciple means learner or student. If you remember back at the beginning of this passage in verse 30, the apostles returned to Jesus and told him, all that they had done and taught. 
And so you have to think that when they were talking with Jesus about what they had accomplished, that there had to be this just mixture of excitement and awe about what had happened, tales of their, of their journey, happy tears and, and, and fist bumps all the way around. And maybe, maybe, even just a hint of arrogance. The celebration ended very quickly when they saw the 5,000 heading their way. Rob was moving down the beach in their direction and was about to disrupt their happy place. Lord, why are you bringing the boat ashore? Because Jesus saw many sheep without a shepherd. Isn't it ironic that the apostles had just themselves returned from feeding the sheep? And now they want to send these sheep away? How fitting it is that in the rest of our passage, they are referred to as disciples, as students, who still have a lot to learn and who still need to be fed, just like the 5,000 and just like all of us. Jesus takes two loaves of bread and five fish and feeds 5,000 people, or more like 10 or 20,000 if you count women and children. And verse 42 says, and they all ate and were satisfied. It was a miracle. The sheep were hungry and the shepherd fed them. He fed them all day long and taught them many things about the kingdom of God and then he gave them food. I, I started this sermon with Chinese philosopher Lao Tzu's famous quote, give a man a fish and you feed him for a day, teach him how to fish and you feed him for a lifetime. It's actually a great quote, I wish I had thought of it, but it's not without its limitations. You must keep fishing or you die. You have to be young enough and strong enough to fish or you die. You have to have fishing equipment and bait or you die. And what if the fish run out? You die. In Mark chapter 1, Jesus called the first disciples and said, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. What a lesson the disciples learned as Jesus fed the 5,000. The people were hungry for the bread of life because they had no shepherd. Yes, many had come because they wanted to, to see a show or to be healed or because the circus was in town. But among the thousands were sheep that would recognize their master's voice and would feast upon his word and be fed. In John chapter 10, Jesus says, my sheep hear my voice 
and I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they will never perish, and no one will snatch them out of my hand. Let's pray. Lord, you are such an example for us of compassion and of caring, and we thank you for this, Lord. But most of all, we thank you for becoming the bread of life, for being the good shepherd from whom we can eat and be eternally satisfied. Amen.